Hey guys, don't worry. I know things have seemed pretty bad in the past few weeks and months. What with the record inflation, the $4 and $5 per gallon gasoline averages, and the prospect of nuclear holocaust. But have no fear. Rest assured, Vice President Kamala Harris has the answer. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been, and then to make the possible actually happen. <coughs> Imagine all the people living for today. You. Excuse me, excuse me. I was just trying to... Uh, put myself in a, in a state in which I could understand what Kamala Harris said. From what I can tell, she is saying that we're going to have a fast moving supply chain someday. And the way we're going to get it is by completely getting rid of all our transportation infrastructure and replacing it with, uh, well, that part can be worked out later, maybe drum circles. It's not going to be windmills. It's not going to be solar. Those barely produce any energy. They're extremely inefficient. It's not going to be nuclear that is extremely efficient and it produces a lot of energy and we know how to do it, but we're not going to do it for some reason that Kamala Harris can't quite explain. And it's certainly not going to be oil and gas, which are relatively very efficient and abundant. And we were just producing a lot of it a few years ago, but no more. In the meantime, we're going to pay record prices for gas with dollars that are worth nothing. Thanks to the policies of a president who sounds like Lenin, both John and Vladimir, and Vice President Yoko Ono. On the bright side, we may still get our free crack pipes, so at least there's a chance we can understand what in the hell it is that they think they're doing. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Maximilian M.K. Gill, who says, it's amazing how patriotic the Democrats can be when it's not their country. That's true. They are true Ukrainian patriots. They are tr they're Chinese patriots <laughs> sometimes, but they just never seem to be American patriots. Isn't that, isn't that too bad? Because we want to protect ourselves. We want to protect our national identity. We want to protect our personal identity, which is why you got to check out LifeLock. Right now, head on over to lifelock.com slash Knowles. If COVID was not bad enough, now we all need to be on the lookout for fake unregulated pop-up COVID testing sites. Identity thieves have been using these to harvest personal information without any intent of providing COVID test results. Remember, you should never pay or give out your social security number to receive a COVID test. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day, we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cybercriminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances, your credit, your good reputation. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, such as your social security number for sale on the dark web. 
You have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join right now. Save up to 25% off your first year. LifeLock.com slash Knowles. That is LifeLock.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, for 25% off. You know, Kamala Harris isn't even the worst one. That's the crazy part. Kamala Harris, who doesn't make any sense, who sounds like she just ripped a bong in freshman philosophy class to, to solve the energy crisis. You know, man, just imagine, man, what if the color that I think is green, you think is blue, you know, man, just imagine. And that's the way it is. Somehow she is still more likable than a number of people in the Biden administration. Top of that list, top of the unlikable, I just, I can't deal with it list in the Biden administration. Top of the vapid platitude, give me a freaking break list in the Biden administration. It's transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who recently tried to sort of twist himself into a logical pretzel to explain how what he does at the transportation department is intrinsically tied up with civil rights. Now, some are asking what transportation could possibly have to do with racial justice. Some have been asking that very pointedly. So it's all the more fitting that we're here at this bridge, this piece of infrastructure that became a battleground in the struggle for equal rights. This place that reminds us how transportation and civil rights have always, always been related. From the ships that carried so many into bondage to the ferries and wagons of the Underground Railroad that transported so many to freedom, from the train car at issue in Plessy versus Ferguson to the bus where Rosa Parks decided to keep her seat, we are reminded again and again how deep is that relationship between the physical movement of human beings and the social movement that changed this country. Shut up. Shut up, Pete Buttigieg. You, oh, oh, I just, he just drives me crazy. He's just that teacher's pet trying way too hard. Just, oh, uh, actually, um, when you really think about it, I'm sort of like Martin Luther King. Um, I, Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Bend, and now the head of a, a minor cabinet department, I'm, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much Frederick Douglass, actually, when you, um, in this paper, I will describe how. It's just, shut up. No, you're not. You run, you run a department of the government that is supposed to keep stuff moving on the roads. And you're failing at that, by the way. Probably the biggest, well, until a week or two ago, until the gas prices went through the roof and inflation hit a 40-year high, you were failing more than anyone else in the government because the biggest problem in the country was the supply chain issue. So you, you're not doing that. You're, you're, the ports are backed up as can be. The supply chain isn't really working. So that's fine. You're an incompetent government employee. There are plenty of those. But now you're comparing yourself to Rosa Parks. He is trying so hard to make transportation secretary a stepping stone to president. It is not. It is not that. Pete Buttigieg. Good grief. It's so, it's not going to happen. It's like fetch. It's like fetch in Mean Girls. It's stop trying to make the transportation secretary thing happen, Pete Buttigieg. That is not a stepping stone to president. I know, look, 
right now the Biden administration is so deeply unpopular. Biden's approval's in the 30s, Kamala's in the 20s, Pete's is in the 30s. So relatively, it's fairly strong compared to the others. But it's just not going to happen, bro. This is calm down, cool it with the ambition here. It's a complete disaster. And by the way, the transportation secretary like doesn't matter that much. So he can go off and make his stupid speeches and it's, it doesn't really matter. But the rest of the Biden cabinet secretaries are a disaster too. Notably, the secretary of state, Antony Blinken, who cannot give a straight answer on what exactly we're seeing go on in Ukraine. The International Criminal Court is opening an investigation into Russian war crimes. The U.S. Embassy said it's a war crime to attack a nuclear power plant. Uh, they tweeted that out, the U.S. Embassy in Kiev. But then the State Department told other uh, embassies around the world to not retweet it, uh, which is a confusing step. Has the U.S. seen evidence that Russia is committing war crimes or not? Uh, Jake, we've seen very credible reports of um, deliberate attacks on civilians, which would constitute uh, a war crime. Uh, we've seen very uh, credible reports about the, uh, the use of certain weapons. Uh, and what we're doing right now is documenting all of this, uh, putting it all together, uh, looking at it, and making sure that uh, as uh, people and the appropriate uh, organizations and institutions investigate whether uh, war crimes have been or are being committed, uh, that um, we can uh, support uh, whatever, whatever they're doing. So. Uh, right now, we're looking at these reports. They're very credible, uh, and we're documenting everything. So Putin right now is committing war crimes in Ukraine. Putin is Hitler, right? That's what we've heard from the liberal establishment. Putin is Hitler. History has returned again. He's invading his neighbor. He's going to invade the rest of these countries, and we've got to stop him because he's Hitler and he's committing war crimes. But also, we shouldn't do anything. This has been the central problem for the administration and the entire liberal establishment with this, with this Putin war in Ukraine. They can't decide what it is. Is he Hitler? If he's Hitler, I guess we better use the military to stop him, right? Because he's Hitler. Well, no, he's, he's Hitler for the purposes of pushing through some sanctions, but he's not, he's not Hitler. He's not a big threat and he's committing war crimes, but we're not going to really pursue the war crimes. And what what is it? The administration is just vacillating because they don't want to make any of the hard choices. They don't, they don't want to go to war. The American people, I don't think, want to go to war over Ukraine. And so they, they just go back and forth. We're going to take the sanctions off Russia. We're going to put more sanctions on Russia. You go back and forth and back and forth. But if you stand in the middle of the road, you're going to get hit by a truck. Sometimes the wrong decision is actually better than indecision. Sometimes the wrong decision can at least clarify the situation. But if you just keep going back and forth, yes, we have clear evidence he's committing war crimes, but we're not going to do anything. We're just going to keep committing evidence or collecting evidence. But he's committing war crimes, dude. Maybe we should do something about it. Unless you don't really believe that. Unless you're just stuck. Unless this administration is just stuck. They've got no answers for anything. Kamala Harris gets asked, what are you going to do about this very acute particular energy crisis. And she says, just imagine, you know, just imagine and close your eyes and imagine. And that's what's going to happen. What are you talking? Daydreams are not national policy, darling. You need to, you need to do stuff. Hey guys, uh, transportation. I'm basically like Rosa Parks. Okay, Rosa, fix the roads then. Hey, Martin, how about you get the trucks moving again and get the ports emptied out so that we get our consumer goods? They can't do it. It's all this pie-in-the-sky rhetoric about how wonderful and great they all are, but they're not willing to actually do anything 
in practice. Now, when you need to do stuff specifically to your car, I strongly recommend you check out Rock Auto. Right now, head on over to rockauto.com, fill in Knowles in the how did you hear about us box. Why would you spend 30% more, 50% more, 100% more for the same auto parts at the brick and mortar store when you could just go to rockauto.com? Rockauto.com has a super easy to navigate website. So simple, even I can do it. It's a family business, been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years saves you all that time. You don't need to drive to the store. Then you get out. Then they pepper you with questions. Then they go in the back to get the part. They don't have the part. There's just too many makes and models these days. They have to order it in. You have to wait. It's all that time. Don't do it. Go to rockauto.com. No gimmicks. No special save 28% at 2 a.m. No, it's just always reliably low prices. The same prices for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com. Head on over there right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And then, most importantly, write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. The one change that we've seen now with regard to this war in Ukraine in, in terms of U.S. policy is the United States, which has said we're not getting involved, we, we, don't, we don't want a no-fly zone, we don't, we're not going to take on Russia's military. They did, however, just agree to send NATO fighter planes to Ukraine. What more can the United States do here if, for instance, the Polish government, a NATO member, wants to send fighter jets? Does that get a green light from the U.S., or are you afraid that that will escalate tension? No, that, that, that gets a green light. In fact, we're talking uh, with uh, our Polish friends right now about what we might be able to do to backfill uh, their needs if, in fact, they choose to provide these fighter jets to, to the Ukrainians. So, hold on. We're not going to go to war we're not going to send our planes over there, but we're going to have the Poles send their planes, and then we're going to backfill the Polish planes. So effectively, we are sending our, our jets there. We're just doing it in a really inefficient way. We're having the Poles send the jets, and then we're giving the Poles some jets. Again and again, they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to be too clever by half. Well, too clever by half got us into this situation in the first place. What do the American people want? According to one poll from Reuters, almost three quarters of Americans want a no-fly zone in Russia. But I don't believe that for one second. I think it's the same exact problem that the Biden administration has, which is we like the idea of a no-fly zone. We, oh, good. That's good. Yeah, get those, those Russian airplanes out of the sky. Yeah, let's have a no-fly zone because it's bad that people are being hurt right now. So let's stop the people from being hurt and no-fly zone and okay, we're good. I don't think most people know what a no-fly zone is. No-fly zone is you're at war. A no-fly zone is Russia sends their airplanes up in the sky and we shoot those airplanes out of the sky. So we are directly firing upon a nuclear former superpower. We somehow managed to get through the entire Cold War, basically without any direct action between Americans and Russians, no direct action that people acknowledged for a very long time. And now we're just going to shoot them out of the sky over a centuries-long territorial dispute with Ukraine doesn't seem like the best idea in the world. Rubio made this point too. Rubio said, a no-fly zone means war. Do you want to go to war? Do you want to go to World War III? I don't, I don't think so. And I think Zelensky, the head of Ukraine, has sort of given up on this. Actually, you know how much I hate to say I told you so? You know it pains me to do it, but I've got to do it, unfortunately, because I keep getting proved right on all of these things. So I have said, 
for weeks now, I said, Joe Biden caused this war. Yes, Putin is the aggressor. Yes, Putin is morally responsible for the invasion. But Putin has wanted to invade Ukraine for a very long time. The reason he's doing it now is because of very specific actions that Joe Biden took and some that he didn't take actually with regard to sanctions. And I said this and I got a lot of criticism for it. I said, look, this is just true. What is happening right now is playing out because of Joe Biden. Well, you know who agrees with me? The Libs hero, Mr. Zelensky, Volodymyr Zelensky, the, the leader of Ukraine. He, he just told senators in the United States that if the U.S. had started sanctions months ago, as conservatives wanted, as Ted Cruz was pushing, there would not have been war. He says, you tell me 100% that there will be war in a few days' time. What are you waiting for? We will not need your sanctions after there's a bombardment or after our state is shot at, or if we have no more borders, we do not have an economy, or parts of our state are occupied. This is exactly what we had been saying. Joe Biden is the one in charge of the sanctions. And the Democrats run the entire government at this point. You had bipartisan support for sanctions on the Nord Stream 2 Russian oil pipeline before Biden gets into office. Biden makes it a, a big push to get rid of those sanctions. And what happens? He invades Ukraine. I hate how right I am. Now, look, Putin has faced some pushback from the fighting among, from the Ukrainians against the Russian forces. He's faced some pushback from the international community, from nation states and from corporations. But now I think he's just finished. Now he's done. Putin, Putin's over. And you'll, you'll know why he's over if you watched the 2022 Independent Spirit Awards a couple of nights ago, where Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally Okay, you remember Nick Offerman was the guy from Parks and Rec, and Megan Mullally was the saucy lady on Will and Grace. They, they told Putin to F off. Done, over, no more war. The war is over now. They said, quote, I think we speak for everyone here when we say we are hoping for a quick and peaceful resolution. Specifically, F off and go home, Putin. F off Putin. They, they said they were going to send Putin off with a Spirit Awards salute. And then Malali and her husband held up their middle fingers to the camera. Duh, that'll do it. Oh, man, I bet Putin is, hasn't recovered from that. It's been two days. That's right. You, you go, girl. You tell him. You know, well-behaved women seldom make history, okay? <laughs> that'll do it. A bunch of liberal actors whining in a room. That's going to stop it. Frankly, it's about as effective as the Biden administration's policy has been. It's just people trying to make themselves feel better, but without wanting to do anything that involves cost. Okay, I'm going to change my Facebook profile picture. Now it's going to be blue and yellow. That'll show Putin. Yeah, I'm going to put the Ukrainian flag in my Twitter handle. Yeah, that'll show Putin. Hey, I'm going to tell Putin to F off. Yeah, that'll, no. Do you know, do you know what would have showed him? Uh, if we had uh, killed the oil pipeline before he invaded, that would have showed him. Or if, we, and I'm not advocating this, if we had sent troops in, that would have showed him. Or if we had taken a harder line on him for the entire Biden administration, that would have shown him. F off, change your Facebook profile picture. That doesn't show him. That doesn't show him anything. It tries to make you feel better about the fact that we're not really doing anything in Ukraine. 
well-behaved women seldom make history. And it, you know, today is International Women's Day. And I, just, I was thinking about that phrase, which is so common now. We hear this all the time. We hear this, you know, when Trump called Hillary Clinton a nasty woman during the, the 2016 presidential election, then all of these feminist ladies, they said, yeah, I'm nasty. Yeah, I'm a disgusting, filthy, nasty woman. Yeah, that's girl power. Well-behaved women seldom make history. So I thought about that phrase. You know, it's not true. Actually, the women who make history are usually pretty well-behaved. I'm thinking in no particular order. Uh, Queen Victoria, Margaret Thatcher, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, Mother Teresa, the Virgin Mary, that would be the clearest example, uh, Florence Nightingale, uh, just on and on and on and on. Queen Elizabeth II, she's the most well-behaved woman in, in history, probably, and one of the most important historical figures alive today. The will, it's, you know, uh, someone s- said in response, well, what about Hillary Clinton. Oh, you're talking about the first female pro, right. Oops, that's right. Yeah, but what about, you know, all those feminists from the 70s who, you know, what about Jane Fonda or something? Uh, Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Queen Victoria, Jane Fonda. Mm, I don't, I think one was probably more significant to history than the other. So happy International Women's Day. Uh, be a well-behaved woman. If you are a woman, be a well-behaved woman. You have a better chance of making history. Do not be a nasty woman. No one wants to, to see a nasty woman. Now, speaking of men and women and all sorts of strange sexual ideologies, this might be the story on which I have been proven right the fastest ever. This shocked even me. Yesterday on the show, I mentioned that a lot of people think, look, with this LGBT ideology now, people think not everything has to be gay. And I said, everything does have to be gay because the left's ideology is one of radical liberation. And now they've liberated themselves from traditions and from bonds of community. And now we're liberating ourselves from nature itself. So men can be women and vice versa. Everything does in fact have to be gay. And the Florida Senate Democrats marching through a building proved me right. The Florida Senate Democrats now, the only thing that they can utter, their most cogent political argument is gay, 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 gay. The Florida Senate Democrats, they said, we've just got one thing to say. And you're right, you do. That's the only thing you have to say. Gay, 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 gay. That's all you've got. What else are you going to say? That's the, that's the, the final step in the emancipation and liberation from all the constrictions of our society is to emancipate yourself from nature. So even beyond gay, it's sort of, sort of like how Alex Jones talked about how they turn the freaking frogs gay, but they actually turn the frogs trans. That's what the studies showed. So the frogs were hermaphrodites. Really the final step in the LGBT ideology is the T, is emancipating yourself from nature itself. Proven, I hate, you know, I hate to say it. It kills me to do it. Proven right within 24 hours. That's not bad. Now, I have to tell you, since I've got a pretty good record this week, you cannot miss our movie, The Hyperions. It's premiering this Thursday night, March 10th. Uh, We can't wait to share it with you. It's exactly what entertainment in Hollywood is missing these days. It's not woke. It has zero underlying political message. It's just fun. Because when it comes to entertainment, that is what really matters. Check out the trailer. 
My name is Vista Mandelbaum. My brother and I have taken four hostages. Everybody against the wall. We've come for one thing. Our Titan badges. Is this real? Yes, ma'am, this is real. Is my Titan this? Well, I want that too. It's the police. They want to talk to whoever's in charge. This Titan badge can grant an individual superhuman power. Perhaps it's time for someone else to take on the responsibility. Meet Apollo. I'd recommend next time using your power. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you think so. Calling all Hyperions. On my way. You're making such a mess in here. We've got a Hyperion en route. Not a good time to look stupid. Shots fired! God, come on, give me my gun! Suit up for adventure. Me. Next question, how's the family? The family is, um, uh, gosh, what is it? Marvelous. We're going to be streaming the movie once on March 10th for all of YouTube to see, so be sure to head on over to the Daily Wire YouTube channel. Set a reminder for the live showing. After that, you've got to be a member to get in on the action. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe so you don't miss any more of the growing cache of content we have to offer. We'll be right back with a lot more. Great news out of Texas. Speaking of the T in LGBT, America's largest pediatric hospital is going to stop transing the kids. So previously, this pediatric hospital, this is the Texas Children's Hospital, was transing the kids and chopping them up and putting them on all sorts of creepy chemicals. And it's just, it was horrible and a horrible abuse of children. And then Texas Governor Greg Abbott uh, came in there and he said, uh, no, we're, we're going to classify transing the kids as child abuse, which it obviously is. And so you got to stop doing it. And then this hospital said, the mission of Texas Children's Hospital is to create a healthier future for all children, including transgender children, within the bounds of the law. This step was taken to safeguard our healthcare professionals and impacted families from potential criminal legal ramifications. Love this. This is a great example of culture being downstream of politics. I frankly don't think that the distinction between culture and politics is all that clear, but you know, there's this famous line from Andrew Breitbart, politics is downstream of culture. And obviously there's some truth to this because the movies and the media and, and rituals and behaviors that are not necessarily associated with the government can shape our political order. But it is also true that laws will shape our culture. When you outlaw something, generally speaking, you get less of it. You discourage it. When you subsidize something, generally speaking, you get more of it. When you create other incentives for certain behaviors, such as the promotion of radical sexual ideologies in the law, then you get more of them. And when you ban abusive surgeries like transing the kids, you get less of it. This is great stuff. I'm very glad the hospital stopped it. Very glad 
that the Texas governor pushed it this way. You're seeing a proliferation of radical ideology throughout non-governmental institutions. So in this hospital, this hospital's transing the kids, that is a, a radical ideology that is being pushed not exactly by the government, right? The hospital has some connection to the government, but it's also sort of private, and it was pushing this ideology. Pizza Hut is pushing another radical ideology. Pizza Hut, through the Pizza Hut Foundation, is pushing critical race theory. They are presenting training pamphlets for teachers that make statements such as, quote, racism exists within and beyond schools and communities of learning. The myth of a racial hierarchy remains a dominant part of America's culture. Acts of violence against black communities are often identified on social media by the hashtag Black Lives Matter. You know, all of these, you know, this epidemic. Black men can't even walk out their doors without being hunted down, says LeBron James. Pizza Hut. This is Pizza Hut is pushing this crap. Pizza Hut. The, the silence of Little Caesars is deafening. Like, when will Little Caesars speak up against racism or whatever? Pizza. Why is Pizza Hut doing this? Well, because Pizza Hut has this nonprofit foundation, a non-governmental nonprofit foundation, which is pushing this radicalism. We don't have a vote in what Pizza Hut does, right? Pizza Hut is not a democratic institution, and it's not exactly affiliated with the government, but this is how the liberal establishment rules. They rule through a series of NGOs and nonprofit groups that push their crap that are basically insulated from the political process for now. And they should not be. We should, we should use the political process to bring them into line. I don't care if it is the government destroying my way of life and completely upending America's society, or if it's some corporation. Okay, I don't, if, if someone is treading on me to give the image of the Gadsden flag, it doesn't make me feel any better if the organization that is treading on me is Google. Okay, it doesn't make me feel any better if it's Facebook taking away my rights and my liberties and my way of life rather than the government say. We've got to get better about this as conservatives. We, for a couple of decades, fell into this very stupid idea of, well, you know, Google's a private company. They have the right to do whatever they want. Twitter, build your own Twitter, right? As though that has ever worked. If you go back to the early days of the modern conservative movement, frankly, if you go back to some of the most libertarian figures in the conservative movement, they were advocating not just focusing on the government and letting quote unquote private industry do whatever they want. They were advocating bringing private enterprise into line as well. Barry Goldwater as for Mr. Conservative at the early days of the conservative movement and also extremely libertarian in that early uh, alliance between the libertarians and the traditional conservatives. Barry Goldwater wrote in Conscience of a Conservative, quote, let us henceforth make war on all monopolies whether corporate or union. The enemy of freedom is unrestrained power, and the champions of freedom will fight against the concentration of power wherever they find it. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. That's clear thinking. Of course, we're not going to just let random NGOs and very powerful corporations completely upend our society and just throw our hands in the air and say, well, they're private industry. Well, they're private organizations. No, we're going to fight back. 
And we're going to use the political order to do it in a way that is just and fair, but we've got to fight back. Speaking of powerful non-governmental organizations, guess who's back in town? The Clinton Global Initiative. Do you remember that? The Clinton Global Initiative was a slush fund for the Clinton family to collect money from all sorts of shady figures overseas and spend it as they see fit on the global initiative. And it was so crooked. It was so obviously crooked that Hillary shut it down in 2016 because it looked like such a clear conflict of interest that they couldn't keep it it running. One of the curious facts about the Clinton Global Initiative is that the number one donor to the Clinton Global Initiative was Ukraine. I'm not saying it was the government of Ukraine. I'm saying it was Ukrainians, Ukrainians who had a lot of money. They gave a lot of money to the Clintons. And and that was that. They probably didn't want anything in return. This was in no way a quid pro quo. They're just really generous and they really, for some reason, liked the Clintons and they gave her a lot of money. Now, why, why did people really give to the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation for that matter? They gave to it because they believed that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president. And so they wanted to curry favor and they did that by just buying them outright. And then in 2016, it looked so bad that they shut it down. So what does it mean that they're opening it up again? Well, one, it's pretty interesting that the Clinton Global Initiative that had such a connection to Ukraine is relaunching now at this moment of peril for Ukraine. It's just a strange coincidence. But, but two, and this is more important, I think, what this means is not necessarily that Hillary Clinton is running for president in 2024, but it means that the Clintons believe that people think Hillary is running for president in 2024. The only reason that the Clinton Global Initiative ever got money is because foreigners believed that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president. Okay. People, even Americans, believed she was going to be the president, so they were purchasing favor. Now, it may well be the case that Hillary's not going to run, and she's just reopening this thing to, to make a little bit of money. But the only way that it could make money is if people think she's running. So at the very least, the Clintons are creating the impression that she will be running in 2024, and she probably should. Kamala Harris is a joke. She's almost certainly going nowhere. You know, uh, well-behaved women never make history. What's the line from Kamala? She, she tried to make this line her sort of catchphrase. She said, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. Remember, she was in that debate with Mike Pence. Excuse me, I'm not finished. And well, I think 27% approval rating. I think you might be finished. I think you're finished. So she's probably out. Joe Biden doesn't know what day it is. And Pete Buttigieg is a joke. And he's probably the most attractive of the people in the Biden administration. So it does leave an opening for Hillary. Hillary's still extremely unlikable, but compared to the presidents we elect these days, she's, she's a spring chicken. She's pretty young. And now she's raising some money and we'll see where it goes. Speaking of guys running for president, one of the people who's making, taking the clearest steps to run is Florida governor Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis just had this bill, which was going to kick crazy sexual theories out of elementary schools. That's why those Florida Senate Democrats were chanting through the hallways, gay, 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 gay. Ron DeSantis was just asked about this bill. He gave what I thought was a pitch perfect answer. 
Does it say that in the bill? Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. It says it bans classroom instruction on sexual identity and gender orientation. For who? For for grades pre-K through three, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, and um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. And we're gonna make sure that parents are able to send their kid to kindergarten without having some of this stuff injected into their school curriculum. I love that answer. You immediately put it back on the media, which is, does it say that in the bill? What does it say in the bill? And, and this reporter used one of the cheapest tricks in the book. He said, some critics are saying that it's a, it's a don't say gay pill. Some critics. Oh, who, who are the critics? Name me the critics. Some people say, no, you're the critic. You're the one saying. So, okay, you defend your proposition then. Where does it say that in the bill? Oh, it doesn't. Well, in the bill, it says you can't talk about sexual identity and weird, creepy sex behavior. Right. For five-year-olds, you creep. Five-year-olds, yeah, five-year-olds shouldn't be learning about all the decadent, debauched, deviant sexual desires that people like you in the media have in your head. Yeah, obviously. And so the reason I bring this up, though, is DeSantis is getting better at this. He was already pretty good, but he's getting much better. He's obviously uh, running for president, and he's, he's running on cultural issues. He's not running away from cultural issues. He's running on them. We're, and specifically on education, which is a, a smart bet because that's what got uh, Glenn Youngkin elected in Virginia. This, is, uh, this education issue is something that can really spread across partisan lines. It can get some liberals. It can get some independents, people who don't want their kids being taught creepy, radical ideologies on race and sex. Now, on the other side of that, you've got the allegedly Republican governor of Utah, Spencer Cox, who has just vowed to veto a sports bill that would keep men out of the women's league. So he's going to veto a bill that would point out that transgenderism is completely kooky and we're not going to, we're going to allow women to have their own sports leagues. House Bill 11 would require student athletes participate in sports based on their sex, not based on their delusions. And it passed the, it passed the Utah Senate on Friday, passed the state legislature on in February. And this quote unquote Republican governor of Utah, Spencer Cox said, I just want them to know that it's going to be okay talking about transgender students. We're going to work through this. And he's, he's vowing to veto the bill. With Republicans like this, who needs Democrats? I don't know. Now, look, Spencer Cox, he might cut taxes. Great. That's cool. I'm glad he's cutting taxes. He might deregulate some industry. Okay, fine. Whatever. If, if you don't understand this issue, if you don't, if you are unwilling to stand up for the fact that men and women are different and you're if you're unwilling to make that claim in public life, you are completely useless. You're worse than useless. You should be kicked out of the Republican Party. I don't care. Elect a Democrat at that point. I, don't, I guess my taxes will go up a little bit. But this is so fundamental. 
And I suspect, look, either this guy's just an idiot who doesn't realize that men and women are different, or he's a coward. And he believes that, well, the social issues aren't going to play very well. And never mind that Utah is basically the most conservative state in the entire country. No, I got to back away from the social issues. Buddy, buddy, you're living in the 90s. You're living in the early 2000s. You're forgetting that right now the social issues are winners for conservatives. Never mind that it's true. Never mind that it's the right thing to do to keep men out of the women's locker rooms. Talk about calling someone a conservative. You can't even conserve the women's bathroom, the women's locker room. But it's also a political winner for conservatives. Speaking of romance, speaking of men and women, I got to get to a story that I care about an unreasonable amount. It's the love triangle between Kanye and Kim Kardashian and Pete Skeet Davidson. Kanye and Kim Kardashian were married. They have four children together. Then Kim wanted to dissolve the marriage. Kanye didn't want to dissolve the marriage. Kim started dating this guy, this not very good looking guy from Saturday Night Live who somehow has dated all of the hottest women in the world. And Kanye is in trouble now because he made a music video in which he would appear to be attacking, physically attacking Pete Davidson. The cameras watch the kids, I stopped taking the credit. Non-custodial dad, I bought the house next door. What you think the point of really being rich for? When you give them everything, they only want more. Bougie and a ruler, y'all need to do some chores. Rich kids, this ain't your mama house. Climb on your brother's shoulders, get that top ramen out. God sent me from that crash, just so I could beat Pete Davidson's ass. So you get the idea. It goes on and on. And he's got this little claymation figure of, of the man who took his wife from him. And he's, you know, uh, sort of attacking the little, the little figure. So Kanye is in hot water here. They say, this is wrong. You shouldn't threaten this man. It's terrible. This is awful stuff. And Kanye, for his part, he said, look, art is simply therapy just like this view. Art is protected as freedom of speech. Art inspires and simplifies the world. Art is not a proxy for any ill or harm. So he's saying, look, this is just art. Okay, I'm making art. I'm not, this is not a direct threat. I'm not going to go kill Pete Davidson, even though I said that God saved me from the crash just so I could beat Pete Davidson's derriere. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really mean it. It's just art. And now a lot of libs are rallying to Pete Davidson's side. James Gunn, who is that uh, fairly creepy film director, he, he said, quote, for the record, Pete Davidson is one of the nicest, sweetest guys I know, a truly generous, tender, and funny spirit, and he treats everyone around him with respect. He stole a dude's wife. He stole a dude's wife with whom that dude has four children. That's not very nice. That's not generous. That's not respectful. That's not the right thing to do. Kim and Kanye, I don't even think they're divorced yet. And he's stole this man's wife as this man is trying to put his family back together. That's not a good thing to do. This is why I care about the story so much. I, I know I shouldn't care that much about Kanye and Kim Kardashian, but I do. I do because it's just wrong. You've got this situation where you've got a reality TV star and she's married to this 
sort of pop culture genius who is, I believe, bipolar. He's got some psychological struggles that he deals with. And, but he's, he also converted to Christianity. He also is just somewhat more conservative than most people in his industry. So a lot of the things that Kanye will say and do that people call totally crazy are actually just normal behavior for a lot of Americans. Like when he said, hey, I like what Trump's doing. I like, I, you know, he puts the MAGA hat on. They say, he's gone crazy. He's lost his mind. Uh, you know, half the country supported the MAGA hat, buddy. It's not, that's not evidence that you're a schizophrenic or something like that. Okay. It's just that the left pathologizes any behavior that is in any way conservative. They've been doing this for years. Lionel Trilling once said many decades ago that conservatism is nothing more than a series of irritable mental gestures. Okay. So that's, but, but sure, Kanye's got some problems. He's, he's got some mental sicknesses. Well, what happened to I, Kim, take thee, Kanye, for my husband? To have and to hold in good times and bad, in sickness and in health, unless that sickness is a mental sickness, in which case, see you later, buddy. Sayonara, sucker. I'm going to go hang with the child from Saturday Night Live. No. No, man. That's not how you do it. And the, the, reason, the reason this story really strikes home for me is we've got plummeting marriage rates. Marriage as an institution is collapsing. We even redefine marriage at the level of the Supreme Court. And that's not good. A society cannot survive without a sensible definition of the family and a strong family. It can't do it. The family is the bedrock political institution. And it's just so sick to see a man steal this dude's wife. And then the dude is trying to get his wife back because they've got four children together. And then the woman, what does she say? She said, she actually had a big spread in a Vogue or some popular magazine where she said, my 40s are about me. I don't care what other people want. I'm just going to do what makes me feel good. Oh yeah, that's brave. That's courageous. Scar your four children. That's a good idea. Keep your four kids away from their daddy so that you can pursue your own interests. Yeah. You know, well-behaved women seldom make history. How about you just do your duty? How about you just suck it up and yes, your husband is eccentric and maybe you're more attracted to the the dirty looking guy from Saturday Night Live, but tough, tough it out, man. You know, it's not all about you. Good grief. Good grief. Speaking of the family, more good news out of Florida. Florida has just passed a 15 week abortion ban. The measure prohibits women from receiving abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. It provides no exceptions. It, you know, 15 weeks. Sorry, that's that. I, I guess it does provide an exception if the mother's life is in danger, but it doesn't provide exceptions, you know, if the mother just says, well, you know, my mental health is in danger. Well, my career is in danger. No, for, that, that's not going to work. You're not allowed to kill babies for that. The reason that this law is passing now is in preparation for the Dobbs case, Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. This is the case that could overrule Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. Uh, it, this is the same sort of bill that brought that case in the first place. I think it's more evidence that the Republicans believe that the court very likely could overrule this. But more importantly, it's evidence that the Republicans know that pro-life is a winner, that the social issues are winners for them. And this should be a warning to any Republican lawmakers or candidates who are listening to this show right now. You've had a couple examples of people, a few examples now of, of, of conservatives running away from the so-called social issues. Asa Hutchinson in Arkansas wouldn't sign on to a bill getting rid of transgenderism in sports. Christy Noem in South Dakota, although she ended up reversing course on that. 
this guy, Spencer Cox in Utah, they're just running away from it. Oh, we don't want the social. The social issues are winners, okay? The Democrats have nothing right now. They've got no answers to anything. They are, all they can do is spit out platitudes and weird rewrites of of John Lennon songs. You know, just imagine, 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 man. They're living in a fantasy world, a fantasy world where babies aren't babies and men are really women. And the, that, that fantasy world does not play well in Peoria because in the real world here, things are not going well as a result of those delusions. Run on the reality, Republicans. It will help you. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. We'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. John Bickley here, Daily Wire Editor-in-Chief. Wake up every morning with our show, Morning Wire, where we bring you all the news that you need to know in 15 minutes or less. Join me and my co-host Georgia Howe for daily coverage of all the biggest stories on Morning Wire.